0: This is the Scottish Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Kim McAllister. Hello. So how would you feel if you sold your business for £50 million? That's what Michael Welsh did. He set up Black Circles, an online tyre company which allows customers to buy their tyres at discount prices and have them fitted at their local garage. It started with a £1,000 grant from Scottish Enterprise back in 2001, and things have certainly moved up a gear with the multi-million pound sale to Michelin this year. Chief Executive Michael had been looking at a number of options to finance growth and was particularly proud when the market leader made their offer.
1: It was quite clear to see that, you know, you could quite quickly and easily and cost-effectively match up our assets and their assets to replicate black circles pretty much anywhere that they had those constituent parts across the world. So it was really exciting, I guess, realisation on both parts, and that was fundamentally why... I chose to take that route instead of raising money.
0: It's a big number.
1: Well, the money was to take out the shareholders. So, so in terms of the pressure, from a personal point of view, you go from owning a lot of equity in a company to replacing that with a lot of money. And, and uh, so from a personal point of view, you kind of got to get your head around that and work out, you know, what does that mean? How's it change things? And, and it doesn't really. It just means you've got to think about what you're going to do, you know, for good going forward. From the business's point of view, that was the key actually in terms of doing the deal you know there wasn't the the obligation then to go and spend a war chest of money to try and deliver results in fact it was a quite clear list of criteria against as I say the assets that they had you know how can we you know best match up what they've got and what we've got to deliver growth value create value and expand the business so That was probably the most positive thing is we kind of had a menu of items and initiatives already through synergies, I suppose, that we could start getting stuck into as soon as we'd done the deal.
0: How did it feel when you signed that contract? Yeah, it felt weird. I mean, it wasn't
1: kind of, I wouldn't say it was elation or the opposite to that, whatever that is. I mean, it was just a bit odd because you go from the anxiety that I seem to get off um, in a weird way, abated a bit, probably the big noticeable difference um but that then allowed me and and more importantly the guys in the business to get on and just do what makes sense you know without kind of having too much worry and and pondering with too much anxiety what the results might be you know we're kind of we're probably more efficient well i know i am because i'm I'm worrying less than i was before for some reason so that's probably the only thing i mean it's excitement for the legacy at some point in the changing market, which we we operate in, you know, we've become the de facto, you know, name that people would go to for tyres. And lately, did Quick Fit, you know, four years ago, however long it was ago that Tom started QuickFit, There's a kind of change in the guard, but it's just taken longer, like these things always do, than you'd anticipate. But you know, the sort of growth that we've experienced and the sort of take up that we have from customers and retention we have from existing customers you know makes it pretty clear that there's a shift happening so it was really important to me to make sure that we professionalize the business give the business the right platform for the future and really got ownership of that position that we've managed to establish and properly saw through that kind of I guess the establishment of us as a, as a serious player you know it was the right deal to do for those reasons so and mm-hmm. um, so for that for that reason I kind of I was very proud. I mean, you kind of think of it as chapters, I guess, in a book without being cliche about it, but you kind of, you know, Michelin at that time, the largest time manufacturer in the world, probably the most respected name in the industry, you know, taking out business that was probably the most innovative in the market Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with probably the biggest ambition and aspiration in the market, but on the cutting edge. I mean, as a match and as an exit, you know, it doesn't really get any better than that, I don't think.
0: It certainly looks like it, yeah. You left school at 16, but you started your own business pretty much straight away. I think it was maybe a couple of weeks before you did that. What was your motivation back then?
1: Just generating some cash. I didn't, I didn't really have, you know, I read about people who start businesses and such romantic memoirs. I mean, my situation was probably quite different and quite disappointing for most in that I couldn't get a job. So I was a tire fit and I was made redundant. Um, and the more time to say, the more it sounds like you make it up or you couldn't make it up. I mean, it was just disappointments after disappointments. I didn't have the, the qualifications to do much more. So, you know, because it was the only industry I'd known, because that was the short job, the only job that I'd had for a short period, I decided to start selling tyres and taught myself to write a very basic website. The reason I built a website was because I couldn't afford full page ads in magazines so I had to take little strip ads that pointed to the website Mm. which is where I would put all of the prices and I was kind of doing things to survive as opposed to trying to be be innovative to be honest (laughs) with you so I'd like to look back and go yeah sort of coming." the market was just turning and you know I knew that I needed to position myself as the dot-com business and the top dot-com guy in the industry but it wasn't at all it was it was the most efficient way to sell tyres and make a couple of quid because I couldn't find anything else better, <laughs> to be
0: honest. So just common sense, really. That's how you start your yeah, business. Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly that. Totally underrated common sense.
0: That makes it so accessible to people. You don't need some magic powers. You just do what you need to do.
1: Yeah, and grasped, you know being enthusiastic and putting a shift in. There's no better way really of getting a result because you know I look at what's happening you know kind of small-grown business at the moment and the kind of that I guess the kind of start-up environment and it's all very cool and very fashionable and there's lots of businesses out there seem to have adopted a an approach that I can't have been on record saying that it concerns me because. You know, you've got people starting out in business and they very quickly seem to become professional fundraisers as opposed to people who are working hard to master their particular marketplace. And that for me was what kind of got us going was I knew the market. You know, I knew for the short period that I had a job, you know, I did everything that I needed to do to get a grip and get an understanding of, of the marketplace. That was the first business, and I left that to work for Quicksit running their e commerce team. So you know that again kind of just added more to my experience. There really is no substitute for experience and knowledge. I mean that is effectively your gut feel. So I think I think that the common sense, as you say, and kind of basic business fundamentals, whether you're an internet business or a painter and decorator, it doesn't matter how traditional or how cut edge your business is, the fundamentals always always apply. And when they're not applying, you know there's trouble ahead, in my opinion.
0: You got that call from Sir Tom. Did that come out of the blue? Because he obviously had heard what you were doing and, and saw something there.
1: Yeah, well, his team got in touch. I mean, they were, didn't know at the time, they were trying to sell quicker to Ford right. or in the process of it. And the internet was, this was the, the first bubble. So I think this is, a, I say the first bubble, because I think we're in a, bit, a little bit of one at the moment. But, mm. you know, at the early, late 90s, early 2000, it was, the internet was the end thing. and. PLCs in particular were looking at how they could kind of stop the insurgence of new disruptive models in their marketplaces Um, and they were all trying to learn very quickly what the magic recipe was. You know, I, was, I mean, and, and it isn't, it's, the, it's just a distribution uh, way to distribute your product and mm-hmm. it fit efficiently. So, but I was at the time doing my thing and I was approached because I was focused on high performance stuff in particular. And they were looking, that's they wanted to focus their energy. And they tracked me down through so one of the ads on the website and asked me if I would come and do what I was doing for myself for them. So, it was a shock. But again, kind of just naivety. I wasn't in awe of it by any stretch. I, I told them no and I felt like I was making really good progress. But all I was making good progress, I was losing money to be honest. So <laughs> <laughs> on upon reflection, it was the right move and they kinda of came back round again and said come up. And that was when I was introduced to Tom and he was the most inspiring person I've ever met. And I was lucky enough to because it was kinda of a bit of a hobby horse at the time for them, you know, I was lucky enough to get exposure to him and then when the Ford takeover took place, I was lucky enough to be dragged over to Detroit and work with the dot-com team and Ford and quite closely with Forrester Research and people like that. So these were definitely the thought-provokers of the time in that particular bubble, so I was learning a lot. Um, but I wasn't popular because I was questioning everything <laughs> that, that was that seemed to be the fashion, and you know, a lot of it was just some of the nonsense that we're seeing at the moment in terms of doesn't matter if it doesn't make money, let's just throw money at it. It mm-hmm. um, never really makes sense to me.
0: So you kept your feet on the ground despite all of this quite sexy stuff that was going on, you know, working with a, a well-known entrepreneur flying off to the States. You still managed to kind of keep your feet in the ground.
1: Yeah, tyres though, isn't it? It's not very sexy. <laughs> 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 Within well, probably the least sexy industry going. But being nervous and grounded about the inexperience and having a will to want to learn. and, get better. You know, if you call that feet on the ground, fine. But I mean it was definitely a you know, you just always on receive. There wasn't enough time to think about, you know, how cool it was because at any moment the feeling was that somebody might just find you out and kick you out. So you gotta be kind of on receive and learning and developing all the time. Because, you know, I've been the way I've been brought up, you know, every every situation like that's a privilege. So just gotta make sure you don't screw it up and throw it away.
0: So you must have really enjoyed it then.
1: Yeah, no, it was great, but it was, you know, at the end it was, Ford had pretty much taken over in Edinburgh head office and it was very much uh, in that mode of trying to consolidate. I don't think, to be honest, that the whole takeover was as straightforward as they thought it might be. So there's a bit of, the, the finance team had kind of, were running the, the whole business pretty much and I was offered the number of, Great opportunities you know, in the states and any you know all over the world really at the time with Ford and I just didn't fancy it, it just didn't didn't really appeal to me um, for various reasons so I decided to um, start all over again so I resigned gave four weeks notice and um, got you know my paycheck and started Black Circle.
0: Wow. You turned your back on what I assume was probably quite a well paid role uh, with Ford and then decided you'd just go back to that startup stage.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it didn't,
0: you know, it didn't again. it, You know,
1: the money was never, and it never has been a, a real motivator. It's just, you know, explained to somebody earlier today actually about a particular hobby that I've just, I'm trying to get my head around at the moment. And I struggle to kind of just, sit back and go through the motions or just enjoy any i'm quite competitive and anything that i've been involved in whether it be my my work or you know anything actually i want to try and do my best at it and you know, the reality was that at the time working with QuickFit and Ford, it i was going through the motions i felt guilty picking up a paycheck to be honest because i didn't really feel like i was contributing i didn't feel like i was progressing the business or myself so it was quite an easy decision to make but I never really felt you know, daunted by it because I, I actually felt lucky to be in that position in the first place and it wasn't like I felt I needed to hold on to anything if that makes sense
0: mm-hmm. And had you had this idea about Black Circles before or did you leave and think right what now
1: Well a business, the first business that I was running was online tyres it just didn't have garages associated with it mm-hmm. so that was I was 16 and kind of all I knew was where to buy them and how to price them. And then while I was a quick fit, it was pretty obvious that the independent sector was it was massive. I mean, it's 10,000 MOT stations in the UK. And it was like 600 quick fit garages. And I remember Tom saying at the time, his biggest competitor, his biggest headache was the independents because you couldn't get a hand on them. Difficult to understand what they were going to do next. And they're so fragmented. I kind of thought if you could make an army out of these guys, if you could align them in some way, you could create something quite powerful. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I decided to you know, take the principles of the first business, add on a network of independent garages, try and uniform them, leverage their overhead, really low-cost model, and see if we could mount a challenge against the um, the big guys.
0: And it seems to have worked pretty well.
1: Yeah, no, it's been okay. It's been good, and we've learned a lot. Again, it, it's one of those situations where, you know, the business needs to evolve. You know, that decision, as we said earlier with, with Michelin, was the right decision for the business. It takes us into another another phase in terms of how we run the business back back at the beginning. It was you know, it was a new strategy every morning because, you know, you're trying everything until something clicks and then it's a culmination of all those different Mini wins that create your formula, and then you know you adopt a strategy to try and enhance that, and that's when it becomes a bit more consistent. Which is, a, I suppose, effectively where we find ourselves today. We've had amazing growth. I mean, we did our first year, we did 60,000 pounds sales that was 12 years ago, 13 years ago. This year, we'll do just a touch off 40 million. So, wow. I think what underpins that though is. It's good growth. I mean, it's amazing growth, but, but you know, particularly in the market that's been flat or down during that same period. But when I look at, we probably could, could we have gone faster and bigger? Possibly would we have done that to the detriment of the the, the foundations of the business, 100%. We've been cash flow positive since year one. We've been profitable for half the period. We've raised, I think we raised about 200 grand to fund all of that. And I hear, I hear, I mean, people are doing 200 grand before they've even, you know, had an idea, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's these days, I mean, it really is, you know, the money comes in at a pace before the business has even really been proven. And I think that's where, as a business, we were lucky with the advisors that I've managed to get around the table. So Terry Leahy, Graham Bissett, Kevin McDonald, Steve Pottinger in particular, guys who are from, you know, solid business backgrounds, you know, real kind of um, fundamentalist in terms of running business, and mm-hmm. you know the message to me was always, you got to prove it, prove the business. I didn't really understand what it meant until probably a year or so before we got there, which is no coincidence. I mean, when that the penny drops, you go, actually, I kind of understand that now. You can really focus the mind on, you know, making sure you get it to a position of making money, having growth, making money, happy customers, all of those things, and. These are just fundamentals, and when we look back at what we created and what we created and what we've now got going forward it's the, it's just that it was the cornerstone to, to to allow us to now push on and get growth without the back falling out of the business because it built on solid foundation, mm-hmm. but that mentoring period and understanding business and the basics of business um was just absolutely fundamental I mean you know every single penny that those guys managed to return out of the sale of the businesses is, is is earned because um with their help we've managed to to get some you know really strong guiding principles that everybody operates by now
0: mm-hmm. and when just to go back a little bit when you left um quickfoot or ford as it was by that point you stayed in scotland why why did you decide to do that rather than going back down south or maybe somewhere else
1: Stayed for the good weather. (laughs)
0: That's a lie, I know
1: that much. (laughs) I know, I'm stinking, innit? Stinking today. No, stayed because um, looking for starting up. I mean, the the reason I moved, other than the fact that it was a great opportunity at fit, was because after the first time of me saying no, I didn't in Liverpool, I couldn't find anybody to help me get the business. Pushed on, the banks wouldn't open an account for me. I was taking cash, you know, and I'm, it was just ridiculous. It just—it was almost like you know, the concept of a new business was just—you know—it blew people's minds. You mm-hmm. know, why would you? Surely you've got a better, better things to do this time than okay. try and start a business. So, Scottish Enterprise were amazing with me when I left. I went to see them, and they had areas of Scotland supported more than others because you know they needed. To try and create catalyst for for growth and enterprise, and, and the borders was an area that that they were having a you know, particular focus on, and that's why we ended up setting up in Peebles.
0: Because mm, you had the support there that you might not have had, don't Totally,
1: yeah. Three months, free office space, and a thousand quid for you know, a computer and a printer, and that was it. That was the that was the hard target was get a business, get cash flow within the three months, and that would be. The basis then to trade, and that was exactly what what I did.
0: Wow! So, you, do you feel like a kind of adopted Scot then?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Probably, I'm married to one now as well, so um, I'm well and truly, uh, I'm well and truly lost. You're stuck down. now. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I lo- and it, it's a great me. What? What? I mean, we live in Edinburgh, great city, and you know, we um, absolutely love it here. I mean, it's one of those places that you guys have kind of been here all your days. I think sometimes, like like anybody, you kind of you can take it for granted. But you know, when you're somebody's come in from somewhere else, and I love Liverpool for lots of reasons, but Edinburgh's pretty special as a place. You're always coming back from holidays or whatever. It's it's a place that you really look forward to coming back to. I think.
0: Yeah, I live here too, and I do I do love Edinburgh. It's a pretty special place, and I think also in Scotland there's a real community of entrepreneurs that's quite unique. Is that something you've discovered too?
1: Yeah, there is. There is. I think more so probably. More recently, it's been a bit more accessible. I think we've had a period over the course of me running my business where it was a bit cliquey, I think, you know, it was an East and West thing as well. And, you know, I think that there are people like Sandy Kennedy at Enterprise Scotland and Chris van der Kyle who have worked hard in the last few years to try and bring together, you know, business and business leaders for the betterment of. Overall business development and inspiration—you know—create inspiration for people who, who want to start out. Um, so and I I think we've got the ingredients for something really exciting. So if people like me started the business and had the benefit of the support of you know Scottish Enterprise and you know the support network, professional network, we need to make sure we're held to account to give something back.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy sort of speaking to people and getting involved in in entrepreneurial events?
1: Yeah, no i do i do only where it's of value though like, I don't count myself about the place because i'd like the sound of my own voice I'd, <laughs> you know, if there's an opportunity to help and it's genuine help then you know i'm i'm the first in line mm-hmm. but like i think you've got to be quite select there's a lot of things i think you could get involved in that you could argue that it's a bit of a self-congratulation and that's not my style so <laughs> you know if there's something i can do that really helps Somebody else in a situation like I was in, them, and I'm there with on mm-hmm.
0: Now you're only 36, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So you've barely scratched the surface, it seems. What what ambitions do you still have left to fulfil?
1: I think we've got a we've got a job to do here still, and you know we've got a team of guys who. I'm getting to that stage where sometimes I wonder whether, in terms of the formula, you know we've got most of it in place now, mm-hmm. um, which kind of makes me feel slightly redundant which is a good thing i keep being told but you know equally there's a strategy and there's a there's a big plan to deliver there's a global ambition which is exciting mm-hmm. you know we're, we're growing like crazy i mean this year just been off the scale it's actually been our best year well since i can remember actually since probably our third or fourth year so in a business that's kind of getting biggish and the market with has been astonishing mm-hmm. performance but that's been the team i mean as all being the team so you know that's a really uh, positive thing but but you know otherwise i'm you know there's a few investments i'm making in businesses that interest me that again i feel i can maybe help mm-hmm. you know maybe take a couple of non-exec positions but again it's only only in situations where i think i can i can add some value and then going forward who knows i mean if i kind of track back and think about particularly the move from own business to quick fit and then off again to do my own business I think it's probably inevitable I'll be do, doing something else but you know the, the likelihood is I'll be doing that at the same time that I'm still helping our partners at Michelin because they're very forward-thinking and accommodating in that respect so um, no it's the future's future bright for sure
0: And you must get a real buzz out of the the kind of startup phase and solving all the problems and creating the strategies. Do you kind of miss that a little bit? Yeah,
1: yeah, but you kind of got to make that happen within the environment. Almost almost many kind of micro situations of that within the environment, the more mature environment. So Mm -hmm. that comes with, you know, things like international. I mean, that's a really big opportunity. And the learning that we've got of getting this off the ground is going to work really well. You know, we we will look at it in a more simplistic way than perhaps others might because we've kind of been there and made all the mistakes. So that's great. And like I say, where there's opportunities to get involved in other businesses, that early stage, that's exciting too. And privileged that people would entertain my involvement (laughs) and take my my words on board.
0: And just finally, before we finish, has there been a standout moment for you since you were 16?
1: Probably but one of the most memorable moments probably was after we'd done the deal, you know, and I kind of didn't know what I felt about it. I didn't like I say, it wasn't particularly up or down about it because it's business as usual pretty much. But we had a dinner with the shareholder group and some advisors, and that was you know what I realised. Chairman made a, a speech, and the guys just kind of said a few words like they do, and you kind of realise that the team of people around the table, the shareholders around the table, who, who backed me when it was an idea, effectively. I mean, we kind of had a year under our belt, but it wasn't, you know, still a lot to lose. They're all pals. You know, they, they started, I mean, there's eight of them started as people I'd never met before, business people. And then I added, obviously, Sir Terry Leahy to that mix and a couple of other guys. and But they're all pals. I mean, that was the kind of moment, you know, if you ever didn't feel emotional about anything, that was probably that because you realized that, you know, that's, you know, we may have, kind of close the chapter in terms of all of us working together on black circles but the friendships will live on and you know it really is a, a lesson to me that when you're assembling a you know an investment or you're bringing together a team of mentors and supporters you've got to make sure you take the opportunity to bring together the right characters because that can last a lifetime
0: inspiring words and i think you'll agree michael welsh is definitely an entrepreneur to watch For more interviews and features on Scottish Entrepreneurs, please go to scottishentrepreneur.com.